Hello, welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend A.A. Ron. We are in First Chronicles 23, First Chronicles 23. But before we get started, I would like to read a psalm. We're going to read Psalm 82. This is a psalm of Asaph. If y'all remember, Asaph was a, the son of Berechiah. So uh, he was a prophet. He made music uh, related to the Ark of the Covenant. So he was a, or he's considered a seer. He saw things before they happened or had foresight to foretell things that God was going to do or had was doing. So anyway, this is a really good psalm, and I pray that the Lord would speak to each and every one of you listening individually on what this means for you. So it says, God stands in the divine. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Version, my my paper, physical, big brown Bible, Tony Evans Study Bible. How long? It says, God stands in the divine assembly. He pronounces judgment among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Provide justice for the needy and the fatherless. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and needy. Save them from the power of the wicked. They do not know or understand. They wander in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. However, you will die like humans and fall like any other ruler. Apparently, Jesus quotes this scripture later on in uh, John chapter 10, verse 34 through 38, verses 34 through 38. And um, yeah, the Pharisees were like, God, Jesus referred to himself as God. And uh, he quoted this verse to them. It's basically telling them that, hey, your actual nature is as God's little G's. Y'all were made in God's image and you are to reflect him. But y'all haven't been doing that. And um, anyway, it's interesting to when I think of when I first read this psalm or when I read it before, I think about our earthly rulers today how like our presidents are people in positions of power, city councilmen, mayors, and how people that are CEOs of companies and just how much injustice they have allowed, even with their positions of authority and covert racism, covert, you name it, covert sexism, covert, all the different things that are gone have gone on. Just straight up perversion, collusion, uh, you fill in the blank corruption at the highest levels of leadership in our country. Right. And I think about even Adam and Eve, how they were made in the image of God, little G meant to reflect God's glory and their honor, his honor. And it's easy to say, okay, here's God telling them like, Hey, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? How long I've, I want you to I wanted you to provide justice to the needy and the fatherless and uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute to rescue the poor and the needy, save them from the power of the wicked. That's what I've called you to do. And you haven't done that. 
And it's easy to look at all of them and be like, they're not doing that. But as Christians, I'm in that same camp. As a Christian, I'm in that same camp. I've been called to be a ruler, a little G in the form of God on this earth. Not like Gnosticism. That's that's a whole go a weird way. I'm talking about reflecting God's character, um, reflecting, acting according to his will and his purpose and according to his wisdom. And so I always try to, like I've said before, insert myself in here. And I'm just going to pray. And the other thing, too, real quick, is the fact that this word says. They do not understand. They wander in darkness. They do not understand. They wander in dark darkness. We've been called to in, been called to rescue the poor and needy, not just physically people with poor who are poor and needy and physical needs but people who are poor and needy spiritually and who wander in darkness. One real quick thing and then I'm going to pray. Last night we had prophetic prayer and uh, the words that I got from um, these two leaders, elders of my church, these uh, were um, wait, wait, of course, wait, <laughs> wait on the Lord, continue to wait on the Lord. Those promises that he's spoken to me all my life. And also I have a deep desire to know the things of God and study the word of God and he's going to take all that head knowledge and and put it in the deepest parts of my heart my soul my inner being and then as a cycle it's going to go back to my from my heart to my head from my head to my heart from my heart to my head and just this constant cycle and then what was cool is my pastor i thought he was going to pray too but he walked away right as i was going to come i was like the last person to get prayed for like what is this dude doing like i've been waiting this whole time to get prayer think i'm gonna get prayer from you and you know the crew and you walk away but he it's funny because after getting prayed from the two guys i walk over and just they're just kind of chit-chatting and the pastor he was still there he shared this story about how he was leaving home for home from this prayer meeting years ago and he was driving in his old Pinto and the lights went out and it did it to him twice. And both times he had to get really close behind that car. <laughs> and they were looking back at him. You knew they were looking back at him like, why is this guy all up on, up on my bumper? And like if they had hit their brakes, he would have went right into him. But it was dark. It was late. And it was like early in the morning or whatever on his way home because the prayer meeting went very long. And that was the perfect word picture that I needed. It was actually a word picture that he shared last year. And when around the time when I was in my Nissan Versa and the left headlight kept going out and I had to use my high beams. Anyway, the picture I got is just like the closer you get to the Lord and the closer you get to other Christians who also have their lights on. It's like God will make that's that's how you navigate through the darkness and that's what keeps you from wandering and getting lost and you know going on trails that you don't belong on and so dear lord thank you for this word i thank you lord for psalm 82 i thank you lord that you have called us to um to judge justly to to be your representations on this earth to judge justly 
to not show partiality to the wicked, to provide justice to the needy and to the fatherless, to uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute, to rescue the poor and the needy, and to save not just physically, but also in spirit, and to save them from the power of the wicked, from those for those who do not understand that they are wandering in darkness, even us, other Christians, people, anybody, we can all not realize that we are wandering in darkness. Thank you, Lord, that you are shaking the foundations of the earth right now. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be little gods, Lord. We can never be like you, God. We can never be exactly like you. But we are made in your image. We are. We can be representations of you, God. And no, remind us, Lord, that we are. Help us to understand what it means to be sons of the Most High, sons and daughters of the Most High. And Lord, even though our physical bodies will die like humans, I pray in the name of Jesus. I look forward to that day when we get our glorified, restored bodies, and help us to walk differently to walk differently more to walk differently to un- help us to just understand this word psalm 82 there's a deeper meaning here something that you want to say to your people i pray that even all this week all this month all this year for the rest of my life lord help this word to resonate in my heart and me to have a better understanding of why i'm even reading this today and sharing this today on this podcast for those listening, I pray that they will get a deeper revelation on Psalm 82 and what that means for them. I'll bind up a spirit of confusion, a spirit of uh, weirdness and awkwardness that would take this in this scripture and cause it people to go down weird pathways and false teachings. God, I pray that they'll get clarity and revelation on what this word means to them specifically and for your body of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray as we go into First Chronicles chapter 23 also speak to us there god transform our minds transform our hearts and continue to grow us closer closer and closer to you as you are that that car that's in front of us guiding us leading us so that we don't veer off the road or get off the wrong exit or crash in jesus mighty name i pray amen All right, we are in First Chronicles 23, talking about the duties of the Levites. When David was an old man, he appointed his son Solomon to be king over Israel. David summoned all the leaders of Israel together with the priests and Levites. All the Levites who were 30 years old or older were counted, and the total came to 38,000. Then David said, from all the Levites, 24,000 were supervised the work at the temple of the Lord. Another 6,000 will serve as officials and judges. Another 4,000 will work as gatekeepers, and 4,000 will praise the Lord with the musical instruments I have made. Then David divided the Levites into, vision, into divisions named after the clans descended from the three sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The Gershonites, Gershonites family units were defined by their lines of descent from Libni and Shimi, the sons of Gershon. Three of the descendants of Libni were Jael, Jehiel, the family leader, Zetham, and Joel. These were the leaders of the family of Libni. Three of the descendants of Shimi were Shelamoth, Hazael, and Haran. Four of the descendants of Shimi were Jahath, Ziza, 
Jeush, and Bariah. Jahath was the family leader, and Ziza was next. Jeush and Bariah were counted as a single family because neither had many sons. The Kohathites, four of the descendants of Kohath were Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. The sons of Amram were Aaron and Moses. Aaron and his descendants were set apart to dedicate the most holy things, to offer sacrifices in the Lord's presence, to serve the Lord, and to pronounce blessings in his name forever. Wow, that's beautiful. As for Moses, the man of God, his sons were included with the tribe of Levi. The sons of Moses were Gershom and Eliezer. The descendants of Gershom included Shabil, the family leader. Eliezer had only one son, Rehabiah. Rehabiah, the family leader. Rehabiah had numerous descendants. The descendants of Izhar included Shilamith, the family leader. The descendants of Hebron included Jeriah, the family leader. Amariah, the second. Jehaziel, the third. And Jechamam, the fourth. The descendants of Uziel included Micah, the family leader. And Ishiah, the second. The Merarites, the descendants of Merari, included Mali and Mushi. Those are cool names. The sons of Mali were Eleazar and Kish. Eleazar died with no sons, only daughters. His daughters married their cousins, the sons of Kish. Three of the descendants of Mushi were Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth. These were the descendants of Levi by clans. The leaders of their family groups registered carefully by name. Each had to be 20 years old or older or older to qualify for service in the house of the Lord. For David said, the Lord, the God of Israel has given us peace and he will always live in Jerusalem. Now the Levites will no longer need to carry the tabernacle and its furnishings from place to place. In accordance with David's final instructions, all the, Le the Levites, 20 years old or older, were registered for service. I bet that was a relief, not having to carry all that stuff constantly. 28. The work of the Levites was to assist the priest, the descendants of Aaron, as they served at the house of the Lord. They also took care of the courtyards and the side rooms, helped perform the ceremonies of purification, and served in many other ways in the house of God. They were in charge of the sacred bread that was set out on the table, the choice flour for the grain offerings, the, wa the wafers <laughs> made without yeast, the cakes cooked in olive oil. Now I want some vanilla wafers. I don't even like vanilla wafers like that, but just hearing that word wafer. Not as funny because um, during communion, they give you those little like tasteless wafers sometimes. I prefer the ones that like, yeah, the churches that have the broken, even though, yeah, as long as they use gloves. Yeah, the broken up saltines. And there's nothing like when you haven't had breakfast and you go to church on communion Oh, man, that little grape juice in that cracker. Oh, man. I wonder how many people have... Anyway, let me uh, let me stop. <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all right, let's keep going. They were in charge of the sacred bread that was set out on the table, the choice flour for the grain offerings, the wafers made without yeast, the cakes cooked in olive oil, and the other mixed breads. They were also responsible to check all the weights and measures. And each morning and evening, they stood before the Lord to sing songs of thanks and praise to him. Wow. 
They assisted with the burnt offerings that were presented to the Lord on Sabbath, Sabbath days at new moon celebrations and at all the appointed festivals. The required number of Levites served in the Lord's presence at all times following all the procedures they had been given. And so, under the supervision of the priests, the Levites watched over the tabernacle and the temple and faithfully carried out their duties of service at the house of the Lord. I'll be back. <laughs>